Welcome back to the 412 Podcast, a podcast from FBC Mustang in Mustang, Oklahoma. My name is Jeremy Davis. I'm the associate pastor here. I want to welcome everybody to the show, and we have a great show uh, for you. We have a very special guest, uh, someone that we were not planning on getting to uh, have here in the studio with us. But today we have Dustin Stopman, who is the pastor of Hope Valley Church in West Jordan, Utah, and he is one of our former student ministers. Dustin, welcome to the show. Man, it's good to be with you today. I'm so glad you're here. I was not expecting uh, to get to see you until we got uh, an email just the other day from you. Um, saying that you're gonna you're gonna stop by the office, so uh, welcome. Uh, what what brings you to Mustang? Yeah, so our our sending church, which is First Baptist out in Weatherford, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, has a missionary from Slovakia in town that they wanted us to be able to connect with, and so just a quick overnight trip in. But I wanted to make sure to stop by and see our friends here. Excellent, excellent. So uh, you have some history here at this church, and. Uh, you know, FPC Mustang has grown quite a bit um, over the last several years. So perhaps uh, some of you out there listening are not familiar with uh, Dustin or, or his family, uh, Sarah and their girls. Um, but Dustin, tell us just a little bit about your history here at, at our church, how, how long you served here and kind of what that looked like. Yeah, so I came to First Mustang in February of 2009 as a single middle school minister. Okay. And a year later, I had a wife named Sarah, and within the next few years, we had our daughters Ellie and Sadie. Um, We were here for seven years. Um, It was a a great, great joy um, to to serve here. We um, have such such fond memories, as we Mm -hmm. think, for all of our family, the connections that we have here, and thinking about the the work that God did here, and the people here, and um, it's been such a joy to keep up over the years since we left in um, spring of 2016. Um, but whenever we get a chance to come back and visit or to um, visit with people from here, it is always a great joy for yep. us. That's great. Uh, so you are in the in West Jordan, which is in the Salt Lake City uh, area. It's in the it's in the valley there in Salt Lake City. Um, so tell us just a little bit about um, what you're doing there, what the work is that's going on there, um, and, and what led you to that area. Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, West Shorten is a suburb in what we call the Salt Lake Valley. Salt mm-hmm. Lake Valley is a, um area of about 1.2, 1.3 million people, but it's all bound by mountains. So it's, you know, just this one valley. The broader metro is two and a half million people right now. Um, and the the most striking thing about where we live, it's a beautiful place. It's surrounded by mountains. It's um, We can be skiing in 40 minutes. There's a lot of really, really cool things. But the most striking thing is that this, this whole area is a place that is 97% without Christ, without mm. the true gospel. Yeah. And of course, maybe if if someone knows one thing about Utah, what they probably know is that it's the home of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, often called the Mormon Church. Mm -hmm. And so in our direct community, probably about 60% of our neighbors are members of the LDS Church. Hmm. Now, it's kind of like here, where there's also like a nominal nature to that, right? So maybe 30, 40% is active and devout in that and but there's a lot of people who even if they're not active doing all the things they would still identify that way yeah 
And then that leaves about another 30% who are just non-religious. Um, some of those are ex-LDS and, and would want nothing to do with church of any kind. And, and often in, in a setting like ours, they have no awareness that there even is any other kind of church. Right. And um, a couple other small things mixed in there, but it leaves about 2.5% that are evangelical Christians. Yeah. And it's pretty striking because it's a place that looks pretty perfect. It mm-hmm. looks ideal um, in so many ways. And it's, it's heartbreaking when you, when you reconcile that with the fact that this place is so spiritually dark and lost. Yeah. And as over a, a course of a year or two in 2018, 2019, God laid a burden on our heart for church planting type mm-hmm. work and revealed to us one step at a time this place of West Jordan, Utah, and um, just just gave us great clarity that, okay, this is where you guys are to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where we've had to continually remind ourselves the words of Jesus to Peter in Matthew 16, like, I will build my church. Yeah. The church is his, it is not ours, and he will do the work. Right. Um, because I, I can't figure out how to do this on my own, right? right. Um, it, is, it is overwhelming when we, we think about that, as it, as it should be in any Christian ministry, right? But um, it's particularly aware we think about our context there. But it's been a, a tremendous adventure and journey and um, blessing to see God's provision and, and his hand in that. That's wonderful. So um, you you move there. You you learn of uh, just the dark state uh, of of the the spiritual nature that's there. Um, so what what did the church planting process look like for you? Kind of wh- how did you get started in that? Uh, what were some of those first steps that, that you took as you you moved out there? Uh, did you get a job? Um, you know what? How did you how did you go about that and, and moving your whole life out to West Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. So we decided we wanted to do it when the whole world was turned upside down. And so we moved in July of 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Not by design, but by right. um, our, our, we were serving at First Baptist Clinton. I was a youth pastor there uh-huh. and everything was already in motion. You know, they'd already hired my replacement there and everything. Oh, it's like, okay, we're, you know, we're well, heading we're out. Going. Yeah. Um, which was actually a really neat thing because we, even more so saw all of the ways that God provided through right. that. Um, but so, yeah, we got there July of 2020. Um, we had raised support, so I didn't have to, like, find full-time employment um, mm-hmm. right away or anything. Um, but what we did do is find ways to jump into meeting people in our community, to serving in our community. Um, I jumped onto the PTA board at our girls' elementary school. I'm the only guy in that room, <laughs> and Sarah and I together are the only non-LDS people in that room. And um, but things like that of just seeing where where can we make connections, mm-hmm. letting people know that um, be- because when you move to a new state, right, and someone finds that out, the first question is always, "Oh, what brought you here?" Right, and so to answer that that question of, hey, we're, we're starting a new Bible-based Christian church. Mm-hmm. And so we spent the first 10 months apprenticing also with another um, church plant it, just in the community just south of us as a couple years older than us. Okay. And um, building those relationships um, and looking towards launching that following year and 
fall of 2021. Um, you know, a lot of people, and, and it was our hope and desire, and it was, there were many times that we thought we had people that were on board that were going to move out and get jobs and serve alongside us and things mm-hmm. like this, and um, to have a bigger team as we started and all of this, and it didn't happen. Mm. So we got to September 2021, and um, there were essentially my family and one other couple hmm. um, that were serving in the church. And um, and for us, though, I think one of the lessons we've seen in that is when we talk about church planning, we can often hear like, okay, here's the way this is supposed to go. Yeah, Here's what you're supposed to do. If you don't have X, Y, and Z, you're not supposed to do this. And there's a lot of advice within that, that that there are wise things and are good things and helpful things. But we're following the call of the Lord. Right. We're not trying to build something by a blueprint. Mm -hmm. We're walking in obedience. Yeah. And we said, God has called us to this. We have no doubt in that. And so we're going to walk forward with that. Hmm. And it's, <laughs> um, and, and, but what we've gotten to see there is, and so, sometimes it's hard to see mm-hmm. what he's doing in that. Yeah. Um, but what we've gotten to see, and I, I was going to share with you a moment ago, is this last month in the middle of the winter, which is not what those practitioners of church planning would say is when you're trying to have your biggest growth season. Uh-huh. The last month has been the, highest attended month we have ever had by a lot yeah. in the life, two and a half year life of the church. And mm. so um, it is a, an exercise in, in depending on the Lord and trusting mm-hmm. in him and knowing that he will do the work. Yeah. We don't know what the work looks like. We don't know wh- how it's going to all play out, but he's faithful. Yeah. That's so good. And I think anybody that gets the chance uh, to go spend time in a church plant, particularly one in an area that is unreached. Um, and, and as you know, I, I spent, uh, my wife and I spent five years in upstate New York in an area of, of less than 2% evangelical Christian. Um, there's just a genuineness. Uh, there's, there's, there's something that's just very authentic about kind of being stripped down and on your own and kind of isolated. Um, it's very, I don't know. I, often think about it when I think, uh, so I'm teaching through first Timothy right now, uh, in, in our Sunday school class. And, uh, when I think about Paul and where he is under that Roman rule and them being just isolated, um, you know, this brand new church, they're trying to figure things out, um, and just trying to be obedient and follow the Lord. Um, and that's, that's so much of what you're doing there in West Jordan. Um, and that's, that's, that's such a neat opportunity to, to get to be a part of that. It's hard. Um, it's hard work. Um, and, and, uh, for, for those of you listening, we took a mission team there last summer. Um, we got to spend um, a week uh, with the Stopmans in their church um, serving there. And, and we could talk about a little bit of that here in a minute. Um, but you, you see that, that hardness, um, uh, just, just the hardship that you walk through day to day. But you can also see the joy that you guys have in that. Um, you can see how the, the Lord is working um, in in, in you guys, through you guys, um, and just the small community of people you have around you. Um, and I, I love getting to go to a church like that because uh, when you're unpacking every Sunday morning from a trailer uh, and setting things up and wheeling things out, 
the people that are there, they're not there because they got, you know, recruited to do it and they don't really want to be there. They, they want to be a part of that. Um, and that's, that's a, a very serious thing for them. Um, and that's, I think that's really incredible. I think, I think that should, you know, inspire those of us that, um, we aren't having to unpack every Sunday. Uh, it should give us some appreciation for, uh, the, you know, the ministry areas that we are in. Um, but that's, that's absolutely incredible. It's incredible to hear, you know, how the Lord moved you out there and, and, and what you guys are doing. Talk a little bit about, uh, the outreach that you're doing there. Um, I, I know you said that you're in the, you're in the, PTA and in, in the in the schools, but um, maybe there those in those neighborhoods. How are you targeting your neighborhoods? Um, are you targeting anybody in the vicinity um, that that you know may be willing to drive to you, or do you have a very specific place that you're trying to target? Are there certain neighborhoods, uh, certain demographic of people? Uh, what what does that look like? How, and how are you trying to uh, uh, get to those people to connect with them? Yeah, great question. So within our, our city of West Jordan mm-hmm. is a city of about 120,000 people. We're focused especially on the west side of our city. So our zip code is about 60,000 people. And the demographics of that area with, within that zip code of 60,000 population, there's 54 Latter-day Saint congregations meeting and there's two other churches of any kind. One of those is a Spanish-speaking church. Hmm. The other is our two-year-old church plant. And so a zip code of 60,000 people were the only English-speaking non-LDS church wow. of any kind. And, and so our, our heart is very much for that area. Yeah. Um, and our, our desire is not at all to be... Um, drawing people from the east side of the valley to be drawing people from 20, 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, like our, our desire is to be a church for that community because we, we believe that we can, we can be known mm-hmm. in our neighborhoods. We can be a blessing. That one, of, one of our core values that we talk about a lot is to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. And that impacts the outreach that we do in things, but we can't be that to a whole metro area. Right. Um, but we can work hard at being that to the places we live mm-hmm. and go to school. And, and as Christ grows his church and we have a more saturated presence in those neighborhoods and communities that can be even more readily available. And, and it, with what you were just saying, that is also growing the the depth of community and closeness mm-hmm. and everything, and so that that shapes our our heart and our desire as we pray for the future of Hope Valley is not praying for the biggest church possible; it's praying for a healthy sized church in this community, right? And for God to bless us to be able to plant other churches in other communities mm-hmm. instead of drawing those people over. Yeah, and so as we do outreach. Um, family is huge in our area. Mm-hmm. Uh, family values within the LDS church are, um, the biggest thing, right? And so because of that, we're, it's a very suburban area, mm-hmm. but we, so the big thing we have is lots of really, really nice parks all over the place. And especially spring through fall when mm-hmm. the weather's warmer and nice, um, there's, these parks are full of people. There's people out all over. And so we, we do a lot out like that. 
Um, you guys, last summer we did some things we call camp in the park mm-hmm. and party in the park. And um, these are ways to just show up and do something for free that is blessing with no strings attached mm-hmm. our neighbors. Yep. And because the benefit of getting to do that in a place without other churches is people haven't experienced this before. Right. And so anything that we do outreach wise catches people off guard Mm -hmm. and gets their attention. Even if they don't engage with it, they notice it. Right. Right. And so we've seen, um, starting to see more and more of people that maybe it was a year ago that they interacted with something that we saw and Mm -hmm. they started to, ask questions or they started to come around a little bit from that. Right. Um, so things like that of just finding those ways to, um, to be present, to let people know we're here. Mm-hmm. We also believe that in that, um, we, we don't know when the, the faith crisis is going to happen in someone's life. Like, yeah. right. When, when, when the spirit's going to have them in a place where they are open and seeking and, or, or just a crisis of life that has them seeking help somewhere. Right. And that might be three, five, ten years down the road. Mm-hmm. We want them to know a place to turn. Yeah. Um, we want them to know that there's, there's a, a Bible-based church that loves their community. Hmm. And so, so yeah, that, that shapes everything we do is we, we just want to be saturated and present where we are, where we live. Well, that's great. And I know, I know one thing that we kind of talked about while, while I was out there with you guys and, um, honestly made me kind of rethink some of, uh, my own church planning efforts in the past, um, is you guys, you guys continue to go back to the same parks over and over and over again. Um, and you'll spend, you'll spend the summer, uh, with different mission teams, all going back to those same locations, doing the same thing week after week through the summer. And I think that's that's so wise uh, because you're showing uh, that that neighborhood and those people that are there that there's consistency in what you're doing. They they know that there's a group of people that are going, um, and there there is this no strings attached, uh, just kind of community outreach thing that's happening. Um, and and so even if they see it, you know, if they see it today, um, they can trust. Okay, well, in a month it'll still be there, and then the year after that it's still going to be there. Uh, they, they don't have to worry about it being, you know, just a just a fad or something that's happening a one time thing or anything like that. Um, so I think I think that's really neat. Um, so. A little bit about the LDS Church. Um, so, ninety-seven percent uh, lost. Sixty percent of those, um, at least, are LDS. Um, have you gotten much pushback from the LDS Church? Do you have much interaction with the LDS Church? Obviously, people who are uh, from the LDS Church are ex-LDS, but from the church itself, do you do you have much interaction with them? Um, and have you gotten any pushback from them? Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. Um, the the current climate of the LDS Church and and maybe uh, maybe some of the people listening to this have noticed this over the last eight nine ten years um, and maybe or maybe they haven't been able to put a finger on it but they've seen these things is that the LDS Church has been very focused on wanting to be viewed as Christians. And so they, they've made this a very concerted effort, even just not wanting to be called Mormon. Um, even a lot of the new temples they're building now don't have the golden statue of the angel Moroni on top anymore because this looks more mainstream mm-hmm. without it. 
so many of these ways. And so a lot of our interactions when, when we're talking to LDS people um, is, and they hear what we're doing, is something along the lines of saying, man, it's great that you're here. We need more churches. Hmm. Um, or, or you'll hear phrases like saying, man, it's um, talking about other denominations. And, and so they're including themselves as a denomination of Christianity here. Right. And so because of that, from the kind of church proper, like um, we haven't had a lot of interactions, but we have had some invitations for, to like... Um, from like stake presidents, which is like just kind of several congregations together. They, they have what's called a stake um, to participate in some, some things they're doing or things okay. like that. And, and, and it's a, it's a difficult to like discern like what's, what's best with that. Right. Um, and in those particular things we've, we viewed um, the way those things were presented we, we felt like they're trying to get our attendance to give validity to them okay. in saying we're the same, okay. right? And so we, we haven't in those ways. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because mm-hmm. at least the public outward image they're putting out is, is we're the same but different. Right. And we think it's great that you're here. Interesting. But we don't know what really is said behind closed doors. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that makes sense. Um, so your, your family's doing well there. Um, you feel like your, your girls and, and family have, uh, you've adjusted well to being, being in Utah versus Oklahoma. Yeah. We, we love being there. We, uh-huh. you know, it's a, it's a great place to live. We really, really love that. Um, our girls have done really well. At the same time, that the greatest difficulty for them is is not having a large amount of friends their age that mm-hmm. are believers, yeah. um, and um, and that's that's difficult. They have really close friends, mm-hmm. but um, but they miss that wealth of Christian friends. Yeah, you know? of course. So. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are some of the fun family things that you do out there? Uh, what, just give us a, a rundown, some of your favorite things to do there in the Salt Lake Valley. Yeah, so as a family, um, we love to get outside, and um, we've we've hit a lot of the sites. Now, this is a little further, but going down to, like, southern Utah, hitting the national parks and stuff, mm-hmm. um, close by, especially in the summer, um, there's lots of really good hikes that we can go on even, you know, even on a, um, on a warm day in the summer when, um, you know, it could be late in the day. We just say, Hey, we need to, you know, get out and unwind. So we'll, mm-hmm. we can drive up 30, 40 minutes up in the mountains, go on a hike, see a couple moose, you know? Yeah. So, um, so we love the outdoor stuff is really fun. Ellie, our oldest daughter and I, um, have taken up skiing. So we try okay. to get up and ski every now and then and, um, so the the outdoor stuff is is definitely the highlight there, you yeah. know. So it's it's been a lot of fun to get to explore um, in those ways. Very cool. What what is uh, what are some of the big like points of interest there in, in Salt Lake City? Yeah, so probably one of the biggest things um, goes with what we we're just talking about is um, LDS, the Temple Square, which okay. is downtown Salt Lake City. It's the historic Salt Lake Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, their conference center, which is a 21,000-seat auditorium. 
the historic Mormon tabernacle, the museum, their office building, and all those things. Um, just helps to understand that this whole state was founded on this religion. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, definitely noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, things to see, places to visit. Um, a lot of people that are coming in are going are gonna to be going to see Park City or, um, and, and visit there. Um, there's a lot of the, I mean, the, the outdoors really is the, you know, the biggest draw, especially mm-hmm. this time of year, going through the airport, you'll see tons of half the people at the baggage carousel. They have a special baggage carousel for skis and snowboards and stuff, okay. you know, so you'll see tons of that stuff. Um, we're hoping for where I think it's going to happen. We're getting another Olympics in 2034. So yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Right. This, the, one of the speed skating venues is like five minutes from oh, our cool. area. So oh, cool. Yeah. We'll have to be cool. st- strategic when we plan our next uh, go. Our mission trip around that well, time. Hey, <laughs> it's a little ways away. So yeah, let's right. not caught your next. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. It won't be the next. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Our next one will be uh, a, a youth. Some of the youth are going out there uh, this, this coming summer. Um, and, going to spend a week with you guys uh which is which is great and also you have east high from high school musical oh yes yeah that's yes. a big draw i try to forget about that one but yes <laughs> well, my cool. the ladies in my house would disagree with me yeah, on that. yeah. <laughs> of course they would so um average church member here in mustang uh how can they help you support you um what what is the biggest thing you need from people yeah um prayer is essential Mm. um please please and i i know i know so many members here at first Baptist mustang who are faithfully fervently praying for us Mm -hmm. um and we we thank you so much for that Mm. if you haven't known to be praying for us please do Mm -hmm. Uh, please be praying for our my wife sarah and i and our daughters ellie and sadie and the members of hope valley church to be um, sustained by the Lord, um, mm-hmm. to find rest in Him, be praying for the people we're ministering to, um, we be praying for for people who are asking a lot of questions, who are very close to the mm-hmm. gospel right now. Um, so prayer is huge, yeah, very huge. Um, also, man, if if you're ever and it, maybe it's out that way for work or something, or maybe you say, hey, our family wants to get away for a long weekend, and, and you decide you want to come to Salt Lake City, um, first of all, do it. It's it's a cool place, um, but but come pop in, visit yeah. us. Um, it It's very much, especially when we talk about doing ministry in that place, um, it's, it's very much something you have to see yeah. with your own eyes yeah. to to understand on another level. Yep. And so we love, um, we, we love our place, right? And we love what God has called us to, and we love sharing that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, we would love to, love to have you stop by sometime. Very cool. Well, Dustin, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down and chat with us. Um, thanks for being here. Uh, we, we love what you guys are doing out there in, in West Jordan. Uh, we will be praying for you and we'll, we'll continue to plan uh, many trips between now and, and the Olympics and, and going forward after that as well. Thank you listener for joining us for another episode of the 412 podcast. Uh, we hope that you will join us next time as we give you another behind-the-scenes look as we strive to equip the church, uh, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. 
Uh, as I said, my name is Jeremy Davis. I'm so glad you're here. We'll see you next time.